Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Current Conservative. I'm Sunny. And I'm Allie. And we're doing this episode a little differently today. Um, Allie is in her travels. (laughs) On the road. (laughs) On the road. And so we're using a virtual setup here. So if the sound quality is slightly different, uh, that's why. And we're also using a software that's helping us to make it a lot easier for us to record uh, virtually. (laughs) So go us for (laughs) figuring out new technology. I don't actually know what I'm doing. So Look at us. (laughs) So today we'll just get right into it. Um, Ali, tell us about the topics that you're bringing to the table. Let's go. So we're we're a bit, uh, I guess, scattered today. There's no real overarching theme, I suppose. But nonetheless, I think that they are important topics to discuss. Um, starting off with, I thought it was really interesting, the approval rating of Biden um, among independents has consistently plummeted since he took office. Um, and there's a really cool graph where you can, like, uh, from YouGov that you can like scan from the time that he came into office till now. And it is just like so stark and clear that, uh, you know, the difference between the approval rating and the disapproval rating is like a perfect, like sideways V. It's like the longer he's been in office, the more, you know, just the higher the disapproval rate goes. And currently, um, the disapproval rate is at 62% as of the 5th of September, and the approval rating is nearly 30%. So that's good news. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I'm actually surprised to see it so starkly like that because, yeah. you. I mean, we all know they're trying to buy back votes, student loan forgiveness and all these right. things. I always get forget that like when the election is coming up and then all these things happen, I'm like, oh, that seems out of character. And then it's yeah. like, oh, wait, because they're trying to buy votes, especially within, you know, 100 days of an election for sure. Um, and then secondly, a big win for California churches, um, they were granted exemption from paying for abortions. And the three churches that were in this particular uh, lawsuit um, asked for the asked that the abortions be covered only if the life of the mother was at stake and it was necessary to save her life. And uh, so the the court ruled in the church's favor for religious freedom and religious beliefs. So that's a big win for that's amazing uh, Christians in California. And do you want to do the that's next amazing. topic? I know it's great. Yeah. 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 The next topic is <laughs> good old <laughs> democratic liberals crazy left claiming yeah crazy crazy radicals uh saying that you know republicans are a threat to democracy and they're at war with us you know they have to eradicate our evil from the planet Mm. (laughs) because we are such evil people yeah um yeah that's that's the next one a crazy little segment we're gonna play for you um from msnbc because you know they got the real smart ones over there I cannot. Are you going to play it now or no? Are you going to insert it in? Yeah. Okay. Let's play it now. Yeah. Let's play it. Let's do it. Let's hear what, let's hear what these crazies are saying. Yeah. 
I think that's such a crucial point. His followers, Republican, Main Street establishment Republicans, are echoing these calls for violence, all but threatening it. What was your take? Well, first of all, uh, I have my uh, red LED lighting since the Republicans are so, oh, my God, upset because uh, President Joe Biden, uh, they claim, oh, he looked like uh, he was in Russia. Pastor Charles Jenkins has uh, an intro to his song War, uh, where he says, when the enemy is coming at you, you can't fall down, you can't break down. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. They have allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. This evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. It's about time President Joe Biden decide to get tough. It's about time his advisors stop being weak and stop being impotent and not fighting back. Okay. Wow. Uh, oh, I, oh, my God. I'm sorry. I did not listen to that. I'm shocked because where do you even begin? Okay. It's shocking. Saying, saying like, um, you know, the advisors, you know, it's time for them to get tough. What did he say? It's time for it's, it's time. T- for them it's to- about time. Joe Biden. Joe Biden got tough. Stop being weak. Stop being impotent. Quit not fighting back. What these people want to do to this country is destroy democracy. I know. The, truly. Oh, like it's sunny. literally upside down world. <laughs> and I, then we've allowed I, it, evil into uh, our homes from Donald Trump. So just straight out saying that Donald Trump is evil. Evil. That's another level here. They just keep ramping it up like day by day. Yeah. And yep. it's and getting, it, yep. they're just extremely radical at this point. Like, okay, sorry, Donald Trump supporters. What do we want? We want pro-family, pro-freedom, pro-guns. We love Less our government. Country. We love our country. We love God. And so they're considering these things to be evil. Evil. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's like that in itself is like already we already know that they're trying to paint all of that as evil. And it's kind of crazy because like even a decade ago or two decades ago, like this type of rhetoric would not be would not fly. Like people would literally be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like if you, you know, take out the Trump part of it, obviously, because that's relevant to like, you know, modern day, like what we've all gone through the past six years or whatnot. But it's a classic example of because it goes one step further, which is that it's the media parroting what the autocrats say because they're just an additional arm of of the socialists, formerly known as the Democrats. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Socialist Party. (laughs) Yeah. And it's. Yeah, it doesn't it literally doesn't even like they don't care how it sounds or what the words are that are coming out of their mouths. They literally just say it because that's what Joe Biden said. And they have to repeat what he says because they go they're just mirroring each other. And it's 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 actually crazy because normal people who are listening to this are like, what the heck? (laughs) Like, what are we what is what's what's going on here? Like, all I want is like a normal life. And these people are literally race baiting class baiting you know like identity baiting everything baiting like (laughs) it's literally there's no end to their hypocrisy and and radicalization yeah in addition to like the identity politics that you were just naming like they just blatantly gaslight and ignore americans everyday worries about the you know economy and inflation and the rising of taxes um and they gas 
they gaslight, yeah, they gaslight all the other um, variables that are affecting Americans' daily lives, but then they continue to push and push and push the evil and the terrorism and the right. total, you know, calling 75 million Americans terrorists is like a flippant, <laughs> like, thing now. I'm like, excuse me. And then... I think a lot of people yeah. this last week drew the the parallel between um, Joe Biden when he came into office talking about how we need to have unity again and that we need to draw the country together. And then, you know, a year and a half later, we have him up there calling us all terrorists. So I'm just like, what, what <laughs> what's going on here? Like, I mean, we've well established that the Democrat Party is the Communist Party, and it is clear as day at this point. If you continue to support these yeah. radical leftists, you have to know that you are now supporting the Communist Party and what they have set out to do. And so, and again, it's all by design. It's all planned, and you're yeah. just feeding into the hands of these people um, yeah. uh, and their evil yeah. plan to destroy America. So congratulations, leftists. Right. I feel like people are walking around like living in this delusion, disillusioned, delusional fantasy of like a better world is coming. And like we just like Joe Biden, like it's just it's like a Mm -hmm. blip. You know what I mean? Like it was a bad blip. And they're like trying to pretend that. Yeah. We're just going to move along and like everything is going to get forgotten. And it's kind of crazy because they're also the ones sitting there watching MSNBC and CNN tell half the country that they are the reason and the root of all of our problems and always have been. And it's just crazy because I don't want to turn around and be like, well, no, actually the Democrats are the problem. But it's like it it just goes back to to policy. Like we are devolving into like highly dysfunctional, toxic lawless society and like the only way you can come back from that is to enforce laws that are in place for specific reasons and to restore the freedoms that were given to us which created this functioning lawful society to begin with. (laughs) Right. That's a good point. Um, They just don't see what the bigger I mean I don't know if they don't see it or if they're just well I mean like I'm so over the whole thing of like oh my god like well it's just like they just don't know what they don't know. You know, it's like you it's propaganda, yeah. like whether or not you believe that like us, that how radical they are, you you really can't just be you can't be an informed person if you're just sitting there and regurgitating everything you hear and thinking that they're telling us well, the truth. I mean, it's I just mean, it, absurd well, at this point. It's sad because like if you look at Venezuela, a large majority of the people who voted for Hugo Chavez because he was democratically elected. Um, a large majority of his voters were educated and they were like considered to be the intellectuals and the people who you would think would know better and would, you know, heed warning to his policies, but, you know, they bought into like the collective mindset and the policies that just sound really good that don't, they never deliver upon their promises. They never follow right. through and they always set up their voters and the people that support them um, for complete destruction and failure time and time again throughout history, beginning with the Bolsheviks. I mean, just 
you go back in history, it's consistently uh, destructive. These people are destructive and the people that continue to just support them are blatantly ignorant and stupid. I'm sorry. They are. (laughs) I don't know what else to say at this point because you can go back throughout history. They're asleep. They're just asleep and they don't care. And I think the number one thing about denial is that you literally know you're in denial. You know, where you're like, you're fully aware of it, but you're so far deep that there's just no turning around. Most of the people, especially in this country and in other countries too, are like the richest people are the ones that are leading this charge, Mm -hmm. you know, like the wealthiest and the the elitist, most elite of all. Yeah. Well, they say, you know, it's, and and they want everyone to be equal, but it's really bringing everyone down to the lowest level except them, except the elite bureaucracy. Right. Yep. But I don't like it's not that they believe like they can't possibly the elites can't possibly. Well, of course they can't. They have a high, larger agenda. But it's like, do people really think that these elites like are like, yeah, like these are this is great. Like the world's going to be great now. I mean, it's going to be great for them. Right. So they just buy into it and they don't see the like disparity yeah. like, oh, these people are like rooting for my demise. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's a psychological warfare at this point. And so people are either buying one side of the story or they're not. And it's really yeah. sad because, I mean, ultimately, they want to eliminate the middle class with high taxes and crushing the the middle class. And then, I mean, oh, we can go on and yeah, on. I know there's so we much. Can, we, we can there's just, so much. It's coming yeah. at all angles. I know we could go on yeah. forever. So I mean. <laughs> Instead of boring you with all the details, <laughs> I'll just move on to the next. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is some actual psychotic bull. Yes, yeah. it's happening. Yeah, it is psychological warfare. Okay, we'll cap it. <laughs> yeah, cap, cap. <laughs> we just wanted to give a quick little update on the recall in Los Angeles. <laughs> recall to. Uh, or I'm sorry, the campaign to recall District Attorney George Gascon. Uh, we just begun our inspection or review mm-hmm. of the uh, signatures, our own um, review of what they rejected. Yes. So, so we are now to... going through all of the rejected signatures, which was about 195,000. Yeah. And we're going, to th- going through just to see what their process was like and why... Uh, because, you know, they didn't really give like so much of a detailed reason for why things were rejected. And so yeah. that's what we're aiming to find out is what were those reasons? Um, because um, we have the right to pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to give a little recap, Sunny and I worked on the recall um, Gascon campaign and then we turned in the signatures. We turned in 700, 717 signatures on July 6th and then the Registrar Office of Voters determined that 195,000 signatures were not valid. But prior to them declaring that, uh, we learned that they were using a manual, um, instructional manual on how to determine if a signature was valid from 2017 rather than the ones that were recreated after the recall Newsom uh, election special election in 2020 it was before 
the pres- it was before the general election in 2020. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. I, I thought it was Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was revised in 2020. Let's just say that. Yeah. So, anyway, now that the all those signatures were knocked off, we don't technically don't have enough for the recall to actually go through, which means that the next right. step is that the recall campaign can now go into the office for 21 days and see what they've No, there's actually unlimited time. Oh, wow, really? There's no, we, we had 21 days to start the process and then now it's kind of like indefinite. So we're going to see, got it. We're going to see how, what our investigation comes up with. And, you know, as we go along, you know, see what's happening and, and, you know, what we find Okay. in 2020, the law was changed specifically to make sure that voters did not become disenfranchised for like arbitrary reasons. Mm -hmm. Like they misspelled like an address or actually the address in vote by mail, mail and ballots isn't even relevant. It was just the name and the signature. And so for our election or the recall election, rather, they are looking at the address. And so it makes it a lot easier for them to knock signatures out because there's basically more that they can, you know, look at and inspect to find flaws with it. Um, and obviously there are things where if, like if the signature just doesn't match, then, you know, they're going to throw that out. And that that makes sense. But in, you know, the spirit of making sure that no voter is disenfranchised, like California wanted in 2020, um, that's the law that we are going by. And they were the ones who, you know, conducted their review with 2017 law. So that is definitely cause for suspicion. And, um, you know, definitely one of the reasons that we are just like curious as to what their process has been like. Yeah. Okay. And this is the biggest recall, you know, yeah. like this has never been done before. So uh, of this magnitude. Yes. So that's like a, you know, a huge uh, factor to everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, just to continue on with California chaos, last week we did a whole episode on teachers unions and we brought up the president of the second largest teachers union, which is called the American Federation of Teachers. And um, a conservative watchdog group um, requested that the IRS would audit the American Federation of Teachers for misreporting funds used on political causes that caused, um, or sorry, that failed to report its expenses related to political advocacy properly on its annual tax reforms. And Randy Weingarten, who is the president, has a long history, obviously, of supporting liberal causes, as we noted in our last episode. And if you haven't listened yet, I definitely go do that. But the complaint alleged is that Weingarten and the AFT used funds to pay for various political activities, including campaigning <laughs> for Hillary Clinton in 2016, as well as sponsoring the American Federation of Teacher Votes during the 2020 election. So, to continue on with California chaos, this week, as some of you may have heard, Newsom told Californians to set our thermostats to 78 degrees during a heat wave. Mind you, I'm in Northern California, and it got up to a hundred and uh, 17 degrees yesterday or the day before. That's insane. I, it was so hot. Like it felt like my air conditioning in my car, like 
was just like, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> but like the heat was like. <laughs> you can't even get, you can't get cool no, like, when it's that you hot. You just have to be in the pool, like, but you don't even want to be outside. It's just like a, a constant state yeah. of hot. But like. That's like Arizona. Right. It, it, that's, I, I mean, I grew up in Sacramento. Like I don't ever remember it getting over maybe 115 degrees, like 117. That is insane. But anyway, it's freaking annoying to have your freaking governor who is in a, like a little fleece <laughs> zip up all like like so elite bureauc- bureaucrat literally like how's your vacation in Montana going the one the, uh, one of the 23 states that you banned travel to which probably no Californian actually listened to during COVID and then let's not forget that he ate out while all restaurants were closed yep. down at this you know really fancy <laughs> restaurant in Napa Valley called French Laundry that's his restaurant yeah with a group of people of course during COVID no masks whatever closed down our state closed down schools ban gas powered lawnmowers and leaf blowers and so this forces gardeners to buy electric or whatever the the approved um you know <laughs> appliances uh, used for by the government whatever they're telling us to buy now right. and let's not let's keep in mind that gardeners are typically immigrant families so this puts a cost expense onto you know bipoc people okay and then this week 35,000 people in the Silicon Valley went without power um, on September 7th. I think that was yesterday or That's today. today? 35. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I can't keep time. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, Silicon <laughs> Valley obviously is near the Bay Area. Today. <laughs> today. Fun fact yeah. is the day that I moved to California. Oh. So, it's pretty freaking hilarious and ironic. <laughs> like you're here and you can't keep your lights yeah. on, Cali. Yeah. But I just wanted to note that, you know, obviously Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area, 35,000 people out of electricity. That's a heavily, you know, liberal area. And this just reminded me of how the communists um, empower, you know, their own communist supporters, you know, the little peasants and such were never safe from the party, right? They still went after the communists. Um, Mao Zedong was extremely paranoid of his own supporters and that they would turn on him. So, you know, you are never safe. You can never please the woke commie mob. Do not forget people. So if you're not one of them, you're nothing. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Um, and so you're against them. I should say if you're not one of them, you're against them. Yeah. They're going to always be paranoid of you. So then, um, right. You know, moving into just this whole new announcement from Gavin, I think we have a clip to play, right? Yeah. Let's play it. The state's on the brink of rolling blackouts. But don't worry. Newsom has it covered. Pre-cool your home. Run your air conditioning in the day when more power is available. Please turn your thermostat up to 78 degrees or higher and avoid to the extent possible using any really large appliances. And Newsom wants you to sweat it out in the summer and <laughs> bundle up in the winter. What a joke. And don't even think about freaking joke. A joke. So just does I mean, are people like are do people listen to this? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, if they are like they're literally brainwashed at this point. 
But, um, you know, I, I do have like a quite a bit of a tangent to explain exactly how we got here as a state, which I think might be important for people to understand that environmentalists have destroyed California and their policies throughout the last several decades. Our weather in California has not suddenly changed, but what has changed in recent years is California's electricity sources. The solar and uh, the solar and wind power have rapidly expanded thanks to government subsidies and California state renewable mandates. But this has made it harder for baseload gas and nuclear generators that run around the clock to make money. And then many of them have shut down, and the result is that the state often lacks sufficient power when the sun goes down. And then California's summer electric generation capacity has increased by about 10,700 megawatts between 2010 and 2020, Um, and, and that's enough to power 8 to 10 million homes. On the contrary, at the same time, Gas-fired capacity during this time has declined about 4,400 megawatts and nuclear by 2,200 megawatts. Solar and wind surged 17,000 megawatts, but obviously those can't be commanded to run when people actually need them. So we're relying on these, you know, environmental um, solar and wind, you know, electrical um uh, solar and wind power for electricity and stuff, but if you know we're not getting wind or we don't have sun, we don't have electricity. So that's your green. That's your your new green deal stuff mm-hmm. for our state. <laughs> so just basically, there's a lot of transferring with electricity, and then I read that this leads us as Californians, to become more and more reliant on the state to import electricity from other states in the evenings, especially during heat waves. But these imports have become less dependable because our neighboring states are also losing base load generators to their renewable outlets or their new uh, renewable build-outs. For example, Arizona lost about half of its summer coal generating capacity between 2015 and 2020. Again, it's all by design. Therefore, this becomes such a crisis to where now Californians who conduct and operate the largest economy in the U.S. are threatened (laughs) by our narcissistic governor that we may not allow to have power between 4 to 9 p.m. Californians are asked to turn up their thermostats to 78 degrees and giving an end also, the government gives incentives to industrial um, businesses to power down. A, an example would be a plant in Carlsbad cut water production by 20% to free up power for homes during a drought. So we need the water, <laughs> but they're cutting the power. The irony here is is that the state has installed temporary gas fire generators to run during grid emergencies. So while the environmentalists want to banish fossil fuels, we have inadvertently become more reliable on them. And here's a little secret that Gavin Newsom doesn't like to talk about. LA, Los Angeles, is generating nearly 30% of its electricity from coal which is also being shared with the rest of the state. So, I mean, they're all, it's all a facade and up. it's a talk. Yeah. 
And no, it's it's all ridiculous. It's all stupid. And there's literally like a man in a building with a with like just a switch. And he's like, all right, 4 p.m. Shut her off. (laughs) It's like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's outrageous. The fact that the greatest nation in the country cannot keep its lights on. The biggest state in the greatest nation in the country is telling people that they are not allowed to keep themselves cool in the hottest time of the year in one of the hottest years of all time. Yeah. It's un- it's absurd and like it's unreal. Just, it's absurd. Just thinking about the fact that Californians work our asses off, we create the third largest economy in the U.S. I think actually maybe it's the world. I don't know, but like we generate so much income for this country with our agriculture, and I mean agriculture is a huge economy in California, but like. It's just sad. Like, it's so sad. And all of it's pathetic. And the leftists have allowed it. And like the amount of money we pay. And, oh, in taxes? Yeah. Or what? In taxes. Yeah. But like, we can't even have our California we can't even have our air conditioner on. It's a freaking disaster. It's a joke. Also, That's why people are leaving in droves. 280,000 taxpayers have left California in the last couple of years. Yep. There you and go. And then also, just by the way, Gavin Newsom has um, multiplied the... Uh, budget for homelessness 28 times the amount it was when he came in office and has and it- <laughs> nothing to show for it. This guy is a disaster and they're going to prop him up as a 2024 presidential candidate. And it's, it's oh, laughable. And the laughable. Yeah, and leftists are still going to vote for him because because it's better than Trump. Yeah, orange man bad. <laughs> orange man bad. Yeah. yeah. And we're all just going to be just, it's going to be a disaster. But anyway. But you know what? He would be like the easiest person to be because it's his model state. Yeah. Are you kidding? Like the state is literally crumbling no, 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 bet- beneath our feet. But the White House, someone from the White House came out and said that California is the model state. Like again, right, it's, right. it's gaslighting. Unbelievable. And, and they're trying to right. tell you know, the fellow dumb American that received such a poor education that they can't even think for themselves that, oh, no, yep. no, California is the model state, everyone. Don't worry. Yep. Don't worry. No electricity for five hours out of the day. It's fine. It's for your. It's for the betterment of society. It's for a good cause. Yeah. You know, we just have to lay it easy on the power grid. Yeah. And then like the... the and, like literally people who don't even, who can't like charge their vehicles to go to work. <laughs> right. But you just told them to go buy an electric vehicle, yeah, right? Electric. And like to also save money on inflation and 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 costs. I'm like, you know, expenses rather. And they, and they went and bought an electric vehicle, and now they can't even charge it I, between like it's what? So much chaos. I'm it's like they went straight <laughs> from COVID right into climate, like precisely. And then right. with climate, they're they're taking energy with them. Yeah, I don't know if anyone knows this, but uh, they said that. The entire like East Coast was going to be flooded in water by like 2012 right. or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Ugh, anyway, but um, climate change. Remember when it used to be global warming? Yeah. yeah. No, they, they yeah. keep having to change it. Um, on a brighter <laughs> note, hi- doesn't really work for their story. <laughs> on a brighter note, uh, Hillary Clinton said that she's not going to be running for president again. So I think that's something that maybe we can all agree upon that this is exciting and good news um, right. because she is actually. I doubt this is true. I'm sure she will. I. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I. <laughs> you just know deep yeah. down she's like, 
Yeah, yeah, she's so pissed about it, obviously. But on, um, on you know, something to go off on that is that um, Hillary Clinton's nonprofit, which is named Onward Together, funneled $75,000 to a Defund the Police Group, Alliance for Youth Justice. And the Alliance for Youth Justice action says that police, the policing system, quote, was founded on slave patrols and continues to target and murder black people um, and backs defunding law enforcement as a step toward outright abolishment. So um, just side note, I just love that, like the whole Black Lives Matter, blah, 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 people like love to talk about how like police just are out here hunting down black people. No, no, yeah. that is not happening. Y'all, sorry, I don't have any stats to off the back of my head to really <laughs> back that up. But that's, that's, that's well, not. Take my word take for my it. Word. It's, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> but I, I'm going to go on a rant here. No, but it's, I mean, it's actually, it's actually insane. It's, I mean, it's insane that people really believe that there are, the po- police are out to get, yeah. get yeah. them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I just want to go on a quick rant here um, because that news with the $75,000 being going towards defunding the police group, which I think um, this year, uh, I think it was Nancy Pelosi that tried to say that Republicans were the ones that wanted to defund the police. Um, (laughs) Literally psychotic. I think it was her. Someone said that the conservatives actually are the ones that want to defund the police. And it was just like the weirdest thing ever to say. They, I think that they have like an alarm that goes off when they're like, okay, we have to now say the complete reverse. Yeah. Like, you know what I Something mean? Like they psychotic. literally just say what they're doing. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. Okay. And you're like, wait, am I going crazy? Okay. But this news comes after last week, a BLM activist was accused of stealing $10 million in donor funds for his personal piggy bank. I mean, I guess it would be nice to get up here and list off all the things that BLM has done for the black community across America, but there is literally nothing except total and complete fraud from their activists and founders. This is a fraudulent (laughs) group. Don't forget that the BLM people uh, bought the former Communist Party headquarters in Canada, which is a mansion for $6.3 million. It's 10,000 square right, feet. Right, because they really need that. Yeah. Um, and get this, BLM moved millions of dollars to a charity run by Patrice Coulor, who is the founder of BLM. Her wife, they funneled the money to her wife so that her wife can buy this former headquarters <laughs> in Canada. And the non <clears throat> the nonprofit in Canada she runs is called M4BJ. Um, and it's based out of Toronto, and they bought the mansion last year in July, and this came after Coolors resigned when it was discovered that she spent $3.2 million on homes in Georgia and LA with right. doma- no- donation money, and they turned the former Communist Party headquarters into a queer transgender activist um, oh, hub called is. Wild Seed Center for Art and Activism. On their website, it literally states to make the revolution irresistible, describing the center as a, quote, vessel that seeks to nurture black creativity and experimentation, and they want to cultivate the most, quote, transformative and radical ideas, and they say that they are a trans-feminist, queer-affirming space politically aligned with black liberation work. 
So I think these people sit around a table and they're like, how many words can make it sound the most? Yeah. How many, <laughs> how many words do we yeah, use? So anyway, that's what I have for this episode, but <laughs> I just can't You're like, I'll just leave it at that. I, I can't keep up, but take it away. Sunny. I know. Well, there's just one more crazy topic to discuss. I I, th- I saw this, I was looking through articles and I was like, this has to be it because, you know, we're talking about California. I got to talk about New York. I'm from there and I'm appalled um, and just absolutely disgusted. And um, yeah, New York City Mayor Adams, he is increasing restrictions on gun laws. Okay. Of course, this comes as a reaction to the Supreme Court striking down a law that was trying to limit carrying handguns in public. And so, of course, them being the, you know, dramatic radicals that they are, yeah. they're like, oh, well, we're going to do a law, make sure that, you know, he even says like, well, we made sure that it's, you know, within the confines of like what the Supreme Court said or whatever. But um, they are essentially, well, there's, there's, there's a couple parts to this, but the concealed carry permit or concealed, yeah, concealed carry permit laws went into effect, I think today or, you know, within the past few days. Um, and they're also going to start knocking on doors oh. and finding out who has guns. Oh. Um, and so <laughs> I'm going to play a clip for you in a second, okay. uh, which is going to tell you more. And then the third thing is creating restrictive areas and sensitive zones, which he really likes to say. Sensitive zones? Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. He thinks it's high time to uh, start looking into all the people who have gone through all the checks that are already in place to legally carry a firearm instead of going after actual criminals who have used firearms and shot and killed people in real time, right. which is happening every single day in New York and obviously all the other liberal cities. Yeah. So these laws are creating, <laughs> quote, sensitive zones in New York City, including Times Square, which is now a gun-free zone. Like, what? This, I, I've never even heard of such a thing. Like, how does this even make sense that people are just like, okay, yeah, okay, everyone's gonna be good. Follow law. Don't bring any guns in here. Follow law. Yeah, in the hopes of creating love and peace, right? Not offending business owners, the people who don't want um, guns near their businesses. I just think and, it's um, work out perfectly. <laughs> Yes. And these checks, uh, when you're applying for a concealed carry permit, so you have to undergo 16 hours of training and additional two hours of live fire drills. You must disclose your social media accounts for the last three years. No. Yes. <laughs> and then those convicted of serious misdemeanors cannot obtain a permit. This mayor, this mayor who thinks he's like a you know, he was a cop on the beat, like things he's like, I, I know I've been there. I've done that. And I know what's best for this city. Yeah. He won't even call out the violence that is taking place. He literally will say he's, he's calling places sensitive zones. I feel like they use bumper pads when they talk about crime and their policies because they want people to focus on how it's being spoken about instead of the problem itself. You know, it's refer like back to what you were saying about the electricity stuff. Yeah. So take a listen um to New York City Mayor Adams. You can hear it from him. 
Well, there are two new definitions that uh, have been introduced into our lives, and that is restricted areas and sensitive locations. Uh, Times Square is considered a sensitive location. Sensitive location. Uh, As you know, in the ruling, they indicated we could not uh, carve out all of Manhattan. So we looked at those areas where you have (laughs) a high volume of people for sensitive locations. Uh, Any given day, you could have over 475,000 tourists, and New York is in that area. Area. Uh, so we wanted to make sure we stayed within uh, the lines of the ruling, but at the same time protected those areas where we knew we had a high uh, volume or high capacity or sensitive areas in our city. Restricted locations are those uh, private businesses uh, that don't want firearms inside their businesses for the most part. And we, they could have signs or there's a natural default that if there's not a sign welcoming you to bring a gun in, that you're not allowed to bring it in. We know that Because some- we all know that criminals just really look at those signs before right. They oh go in. shoot! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're not welcoming me with it. this with a gun. So I guess I'll just leave it right outside. Are they going to have cubbies <laughs> for you to come pick up your belongings <laughs> when you leave the sensitive location? No, this is truly insane. I mean, one more step to communism, just giving away the freedoms that make this country unique and civil and functioning. Yeah. Other countries, they don't. They, they, other countries function with this type of lawlessness. That's why there is no opportunity because the government rations everything and the crime is through the roof. And that's why people have died trying to come to this country and continue to put themselves in harm's way because they literally just want a chance at a chance of an opportunity. And now we have liberals giving, just giving the rights away that make this country great and handing over our freedom to evil, sick, demented lunatics who want to see, who want to see the demise of this nation and they're literally walking around like nothing has happened completely delusional complaining about the gas prices and stepping over used needles and crackheads i mean what is there else to say after that sunny uh, no i i i would i really i want to play another section from this because he kind of just goes like deeper into it and i, I think it's important to hear okay also, beyond that, does this change the way that, that they plan on policing um, here in New York as they look, around, look for guns? And of course, are they going to be deployed to more sensitive locations um, like around schools to make sure that there are no guns there that shouldn't be? A great question. Cosmic shift, a cosmic shift, uh, because now you are in an environment where uh, anyone could have a gun for the most part. Uh, any citizen can have a gun. And now you have to deal with the citizens carrying guns and the bad guys carrying guns and having bad guys next to someone who legally can carry a gun uh, as well. Uh, You're going to see uh, different ways of people allowing individuals to carry guns for them. Sort of what you see with the straw purchases that are taking place now in the southern parts of our country. And so this is a game changer uh, for public safety, particularly in a densely populated area like New York City. Uh, But we still have to police in that environment. We have to pivot and shift to adjust to it. And we're not going to take police officers um, from those areas where we need uh, police protection because of violence upticks. But at the same time, it is going to really uh, stretch out our law enforcement capabilities. Yeah, I I mean, I just, it goes with the BLM. I mean, like, they think that these people are like, 
hunting people down. And I don't know. Do they think that bad guys don't do or bad guys are going to start following the law? (laughs) I mean, clearly they think that like just suddenly overnight, the guys are going to just respect all the laws and um, understand them and all that. It's it's not – yeah, it's they're clearly not focused on the ones who are lost from grace, creating havoc and evil in the world. It's about it's about quote making sure that we as the government know who wants a gun, yeah. right? Like who has a gun, who doesn't, and restricting where they can have it because the laws are being put in place so that no one can get hurt again. Yeah. Instead of helping the actual victims of actual crimes that are taking place, or I'm like, yeah, or just like setting I'm, you know more. <sighs> like setting a a better precedent to actually hold those criminals accountable and actually discourage crime from the root and getting to the bottom of where those criminals are coming from and their motives and all of that. Like, no, it's uh, they're placing blame onto the law-abiding citizen. The law-abiding citizen is the one to always suffer under these radical leftist policies. Exactly. And no, he says, I think, quote, quote, I think those are the same skills that are going to be used to look at not only social media, but also knocking on our neighbor's doors, speaking to people, finding out who this individual is that we are about to allow to carry a firearm on our city. Excuse me? About to allow? About to allow. This is the thing. You give them you give them an inch. They take a mile. Yeah. OK, I'm so sick of this kumbaya BS. Yeah. Literally, everybody needs to get freaking real yeah. this is a communist takeover most people simply just don't care yeah. and those people are the ones who are stupid enough to think that these policies make sense within their pseudo imaginary utopian fixation yeah. and they're being herded and corralled like sheep into a great new world this great new world with great new laws that are going to protect everybody it's it's already upon us truthfully this type that like i said before this same similar type of rhetoric would have been outrageous you know before but now half of the liberals are okay with it and the other half don't even know who america's first president was (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm dead i'm dead well i mean all new yorkers want to do is blame republicans when all the republicans have left the state yeah well i mean this it's what you're saying earlier is like it's so clear what they're doing, I mean, you add up like what Joe Biden said about Trump supporters that were terrorists, and then the guy on MSNBC saying that we're evil, we've allowed evil <laughs> into our homes. And then we get this from the mayor that, you know, the government can should now be able to decide who gets a gun. And, you know, your social media suddenly has a factor into your constitutional rights. And then right, everything exactly. is arbitrary. I, like, what are they looking for necessarily? Like, are they going to see? Right. What, what is the, what, what is the line? Yeah. Where? So if I have an American flag on my. You're a domestic terrorist. Yeah. Or anything that insinuates possibly that I am a conservative <laughs> on my social media that will now take away my my constitutional right to own a gun and in new york not even to you have you even if you haven't even used it just who has who has one Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why it's 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 literally like it's 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 there's no word to even describe it it's very concerning because it's there are people literally out and about everywhere committing crimes Mm -hmm. like just devolving our cities into lawless purge like scenarios Mm -hmm. and you have the mayor saying that 
this is what they're focused on going after the people who have actually followed the law mm-hmm. and like went through background checks or did all the things that they were supposed to do and now they're still being like well we want to know who's who's getting a gun mm-hmm. and I think that it went up like it went up it, it shot up the number of people who like were wanting to fill out permits because of these laws that were being put in place mm-hmm. because because it, it yeah makes sense mm-hmm. makes total sense I mean anytime they try yep. to implement further stricter gun laws gun why are we even accepting it gun sales this goes against our constitution i know know. well again this leads me back to my frustration with conservatives that you know i don't even know i don't know any local politicians in, in new york but i know i'm sure it's all overrun by Radical leftists oh my at gosh. this point and socialists that love this. Absolutely. The socialists. Oh, thing. yeah. They're living for it. People don't understand. Like, it's like you see the fact in front of your face that evil exists. Crimes happen. People are bad. People shoot other people. That's never going to change. Yeah. To policies that are, you know, promoting this utopian perfect society that d- will never exist and can never exist. Yeah. Right. I'm going to play this last clip. Okay. Andrew Breitbart. We all oh, love it. Yes. And goodbye. That, Thank you. That wraps it up. For listening. Thanks for listening. Email us. This ranty episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just big rant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay. Love them. Bye. All the people that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said, you're going to call us racist. You're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's fuck you